Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, Coconuts, I interject regular programming today because we have important news. Our great friends of the show, Thomas and Max, have started their own program, Zen Investing. So I got them on the show today to talk a little bit more about what's so zen about investing, especially in today's market that's going wild and crazy. And of course, also talk a little bit about Max's journey to become a millionaire. Like, he's openly talking about it, right? So how is that journey going to look like? What is the cost of getting from, you know, a nobody, day-to-day, you and I, people, all the way to become a millionaire? What is the world? view from that perspective so it was a great discussion very fun you know I, I enjoyed having them on the show if you want to hear more from them check out TFC Stock Geek Up they've done a lot but for today we're going to focus on the investing ideas what do they want to propagate what is Zen investing and all that jazz so welcome back yeah tell um, our audience I mean you guys are always on the show right you've always been sharing with us a lot of good stuff but uh, for everybody that's first time getting to know you like introduce yourself yeah, so my name is Thomas. Um, about two years ago, that was when I first left my full-time job, right, to go um, into full-time writing about investment topic. And I think the journey so far has been really quite an amazing one, right? Um, after I started writing, that was how I met uh, Financial Coconut, get to come on the show, and I also meet a lot of other investors, including Max, right? And also Eugene, who, who is oft, also often on the show. And, you know, it really... Um, shine a light um, to the kind of life that I really wanted to imagine for myself. You know, I've always wanted to do investing full-time. And finally, you know, two years ago, that was the right time. You know, I left. And then till today, you know, doing what I love, trying to, um, you know, discuss with other investors, always trying to become a better investor myself. Yeah, mm. so, so, you know, right now, I'm very happy writing and steady compounding. And now, coming up to a new project with Max, right, which is really Zen investing. Mm, mm, mm. But it, thanks for that. Yeah, so yeah, first of all, thanks for having us on, Reggie. So I think... And you guys are always on, um, so yes. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For, for myself, it's uh, very similar coming from the 9 to 5 background, though I don't come from government, right? So, but I've never been like a investing nerd since I was young. It's more towards I come from the marketing side. So I, I love things around marketing, public speaking, that's my background. And so I started investing merely as a way because when you put your money in like certain bank accounts and stuff, right? Um, it doesn't exactly pay like the best interest. So I wanted to kind of uh, have their money work harder for me. That's how I started investing. And so funny enough, like I think as a nine to five worker, like maybe Thomas, we can share later. And that is like the way you invest versus a full-time investor is going to be quite different because you don't have time to go and do all the scuttlebutt, go and read through annual reports from like page one to page 500. So I started really learning how to actually find my own mental hacks as to what to zoom into, what to not worry so much about so that you can within that limited time really um, make things work and analyze the company real deeper. And then I think very very fortunately, um, at the age of 29, after a few years of investing, I uh, was able to cross my own version of financial freedom. And But I think how I met Thomas or how we even actually met was because I was actually really, I think the word is called like intellectual loneliness. And I'm not <laughs> saying this to kind of say like I'm super intellectual or whatever, but like so I was very, I was very, optics, also, I was, <laughs> I was bitten by the investing bug, 
right? So mm, was mm. a few years back. So started like wanting to learn as much as I can about investing. And everywhere I go, I just wouldn't shut up about investing. Uh, but of course, with my normal friends and families, while they can understand the need to create passive income or more money, everyone's more money, but they couldn't go into that level of nerdiness or that level of mm. depth per se. And so what happens was, I think a, a friend or mentor of mine asked me, Max, why don't you just go online and just tweet about your ideas? Because Twitter's quite big, so you can be like a lighthouse to attract similar like-minded people. And my first reaction was like, no, that's not me. Like, I'm a typical Asian guy. I don't want to like talk too much <laughs> about myself. I'm quite shy. I, I don't want all this attention on me. But mm. I think hit the point where I felt really like, wow, I need someone to talk to about investing. So I started sharing my ideas and just nice kind of uh, reconnected and I realized, wow, actually there's quite a bunch of Singaporeans indeed on Twitter and mm. it was quite surprising. Met like uh, people like Thomas, Eugene, yourself, right, Reggie mm. and yep, that's how we connected and of course that's how the passion project started. Mm. So you're speaking out to the normies yeah. today? Right? Yeah, I am, I am. Yeah, <laughs> to the, the normies. To the mass, yeah, right? Trying to yeah. share people's more, more stuff. But yeah, the, these guys are very active on Twitter so if you don't know that they're on Twitter, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, you should follow them on Twitter, description in the below. But yes, um, Thomas, share me a little bit more about the whole like right time, right? Because you said two years ago was the right time. Like, what do you mean right time? I, I think, um, you know, being able to do what you want to do is a privilege, right? And, you know, um, I spent many, many years building, trying to build up that privilege. Um, the right time, it, it comes whereby, you know, you are, you are in a situation whereby you feel financially secure enough, you mm. know, your finances, everything, after accounting for all your expenses, even projecting into a few years, you feel that, um, you know, there, there is a line you draw whereby, hey, it's time for me to start doing what I want to do. Mm. And I invested for about 14 years, started since around 17, 18 years old. Wow. So, you know, I always had a vision of what I really wanted to do. So, you know, I spent a lot of time at first building up that skill set um, to value add myself as an employee, um, you know, trying to build that skill set, networking all the time. Um, while at the same time, understanding income, investing the rest, um, once it built up to a sizable pool, you know, that was when I felt uh, comfortable enough to, to just leave the workforce and you know really start um, doing the work that is meaningful to me and, and it, re it really is a privilege right it, uh, it's not what everybody can do so you yeah. know I'm very appreciative and grateful of this opportunity today to be able to do what I want um, <laughs> part of it comes from very politically correct like, oh a very humble humiliation <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. But 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 the the thing you you were saying is like you find financial comfort, right? At some point in time, right? So I think uh, what a lot of people out there will be talking about is the magic number, right? There's always mm. this magic number. Um, everybody asks me what's the magic number, right? So so I, I want to give you that question. Like, how do you find that comfort? Is it a number? Is it a process? Or what tallies for you to feel comfortable enough to take this leap? I think the common yardstick a lot of people use is that 4% rule, right? 3 to 4%. Mm. If you are able to draw your income 3 to 4% every year, then you are able to leave. Um, but here's the thing. Um, I don't believe in not working for the rest of your life because I think a meaningful life is a life whereby you get to choose your own suffering, right? And, <laughs> and so it, it, it is not um, mm. like as though um, after I quit, you know, this is it. I, I won't have any more income. Um, the truth today is making money is not it's not super difficult if you set your mind to do it. There is the creator economy, there's this, there's that. Um, but more importantly, the, the amount that uh, that is right for me, right, is, is not going to be the same amount for everybody, right? Mm. Um, and it comes a point whereby I, I need to de determine for myself how much is enough. Yeah, so how do you then determine? Like what are your parameters? 
I, I think it's um, at least at least two to three years of emergency cash save up. I, I know a lot of people say like two to three years is way too much. It's not maximizing how much you can uh, you can save up, right? So for me, like my burn rate is around two to three thousand dollars a month. So I make sure I have that at least that amount save up for two to three years, mm. um, because I want to be able to weather all kind of financial storm. And then the next amount you want to decide um, as to your portfolio, right? I, I don't want to touch that at all, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, it's not going to be touched um, throughout crises or anything. Um, and if you were to project that, right, um, maybe I, I do a very conservative the stock market, even if you were to just index, right, it's going to give you like 8 to 10%, for example, uh, based on historical basis. Sooner or later, that amount will grow to a very sizable sum, even mm-hmm. if I don't go back to work. Mm-hmm. Then, then to me, that amount is sufficient for me. Yeah, yeah. And I think Freddie, Freddie from Stashway, he also said about the three years. You know, he said the longest financial cycle now is a three year, like in terms of downturn. So if you have three years, right, you're very, very safe to this process. Right. Right. So, you know, but people talk about half a year, one year, you know, 18 months. Macham do startup like that, like 18 <laughs> months. Huh? But yeah, so by extension of that question, right, how, how are your lifestyles like? You know, like, how do you live, you know, like, I think everybody make it sound like, oh, you just have a lot of money sitting around and you live off your dividend. But what is your quality of life, man? Open to the floor. Yeah, I think I can share that, right? So, uh, I think one reason we connected quite well is because we're both pretty frugal people. So, you know, we eat the typical Thai fun at a coffee shop for lunch and what have you. And it's like amazing. I'm a Thai fun fanboy, but um, I think in terms of lifestyle, it's a pretty Keith simple Keith is also lifestyle. a Thai fun fanboy. Have you, have you guys know Keith, no, right? I don't Investment know. Investment modes. Oh, okay, okay. Investment mode. It's like always Thai fun one anyway. Yeah, it's like the best thing you can ever have, right? And I think just just a kind of side tangent, I think there was once a friend of mine asked me like, so Max, like you cross your own version of financial freedom, but but how do you know that you're really rich? No, I I thought it was a very philosophical question. So I just like paused and I really thought for a second. My answer in that moment was, oh, I knew that I was rich when, you know, even though I've achieved financial freedom in my own terms, I still eat Thai fun every day. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so that was, I think, just a, just a moment of like, yeah, I think when you realize that um, your expenses, it's not to the point where it's like over balloon or whatever, and you can really get by with, um, of course, setting aside the emergency funds. And in, even in the worst case, you still can weather for about two or three years uh, without like a normal full-time job. I think that's when it's a really uh, very freeing feeling, right? So I think for me, the lifestyle, it's of course, I think to be, it's easier said than done because for us, we don't have kids, right? Hopefully you don't have any that you don't know about yeah but uh, <laughs> just kidding all right so um i think we don't have kids and all that right so it makes life a lot easier but i think it would change and i think the caveat has because some people will be watching this and at home like yeah max and thomas is it for you guys to say you're not yeah. married you have Single three man, kids right? and do what you want to do yeah exactly yeah. so i would say yeah obviously it's a lot easier in our situation so i do understand if some people with certain commitments uh indeed you feel that wow it's so tough because you have to think about 10 or 20 other things before you think about your own financial freedom but um to me living a very simple life helps a lot and I think it does add a little bit of uh, advantage that I'm a born minimalist by nature uh, just to share whoa, how extreme whoa, born it gets, minimalist like, yeah really like I've uh. hated clutter since young my whole life I have a desk that's super empty kind of like a zen temple <laughs> 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 right, um, leading us into the discussion <laughs> yep. um, but anyway yeah so I, I don't like clutter so I think having these very simplistic mindset helps a lot mm. so mm. if you ask me I would say quite a fair bit of frugality but just nice the personality matches that mm. um, so it makes life a lot easier when you have such low commitments yeah yeah it's like it's like Buffett right he lives in Nebraska in a way right? yeah. super small mm. house I right? think no, nobody talks about this it's like you know, everybody <laughs> talk about his investments like yeah. this guy right it's a lot of surplus on a day to day basis right so just 
放胆去做 ，just do what you need to do、mm-hmm. and go and invest, right? And yeah, I think that's a it's a good learning point for listeners. A lot of people think like, oh yeah, I'll put the big dreams later, you know. But when you have more and more commitments, ah,、uh, it's very hard、yep. for you to to do big things, right? So、exactly. when you're younger, maybe you know, try to do a little bit crazy stuff. You will look back and I think thank yourself, lah.、Like, eventually, you can start accumulating in the thirties. It's not too late. Yeah. yeah, and I just want to say something if I could. Right, I think a lot of people look at Buffett, and then they maybe criticize in a sense. We're like, wow, yeah, but he's so rich, he's so old, all the money in the bank. What's the use? He's not really enjoying life. But I think you're missing the bigger point here, where it's like accumulation to him is not accumulation for accumulation's sake, but it's to him it's a game, and the accumulation happens as a side process, right? So I think it's very important to understand that if your mindset is accumulation, because most people, I think there's a well-known financial writer known as Morgan Housel who said this. I thought hit the nail on the spot, and that. Most people, the idea of becoming a millionaire means spending a million dollars, and that's also why they likely will not get there for most of them unless they run into a lucky streak. Because the idea of being a millionaire means spending a million bucks. So then you will always wealth will always evade you because the 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 market will just keep moving further and、mm. further. But if to you wealth creation is just a means uh to an end, and the end is whether it's a lifestyle, time freedom, or have you, then it makes things a lot easier for you. So I think for myself, the thing I value the most, I'm not sure about Thomas, is really. Like that, that peace of mind where I'm not doing this because I want to go buy a Ferrari or a yacht, but I just want to be able to sleep knowing that wow, anything happens, likely I'm okay because of the financial security that I have or, or that you have. Yeah. yeah, Lawrence will love you like if you、yeah. spend on the Ferrari six hundred thousand supercar tax. Contribute to the development、yeah. of the road. Can you say、uh? that? Like, yeah, yeah. are you going to cut this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yes, yes. So,、okay. so how, how is life like as a millionaire? Like you, you openly tell the world, right? You're,、yeah. you're a millionaire, right? Yeah. And are you a millionaire? No, I never say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, so I, I, yeah, important, you know. Yeah. Important, other people want to know. Yeah, yeah. how is life like? I think that's so, the that's the part. So I, I think I'll just be completely transparent. The truth is still today, right? Um, I I think ninety percent of my friends don't know that, and、mm. that's the reason why I I love Twitter because most Singaporeans are not on Twitter. So,、mm-hmm. and even telling people that. But、I've、now you say already,、figures. everybody will know. You know. Yeah. So yeah, in the in the yeah, personal so, finance、mm. phase, I guess most of my friends are not in that space. So、mm. yeah, but hopefully one day they can really learn that. So, but I think for me,、uh, I don't openly say that. And till today, I just be upfront, right? It's very, I feel very uncomfortable saying it. I I don't know why it's like maybe an an, an Asian thing where I'm just not comfortable talking about yourself. But I realize. That um the reason I was starting to be able to be more open to share these results and achievements was when a friend of mine told me that Max, you're gonna get haters by saying this, but you're also gonna you're gonna inspire a bunch of people who you know you never know who you could inspire. So I think that's why I started being a bit more courageous to share about I think my results or or my current financial status, what have you. Uh, and so, sorry, your question is how's life like、mm-hmm. as a millionaire?、Mm-hmm. Wait, but before that,、yeah. so why you not so courageous? Why、yeah. you don't understand? Why I'm just not that courageous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Continue, continue. We gotta train that up. Yeah. yeah. Um. Sorry, lost my train of thought. Um. Yeah, yeah. How's life? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I would say actually, it's. I think two things from a physical level, like nothing much has changed. I'm still working in the jobs that I love to, so I didn't like the minute my interactive brokers account crossed like seven figures, and I'm like, oh yeah, like. After this, I'm out. No, I think、mm. uh, I'm still doing what I currently love doing, which is a lot of、uh, public speaking and seminars or marketing stuff for my current role. And so nothing has changed. But I think so physically, nothing much has changed. I'm still working as hard, if not more,、um, because I think the truth of life is a lot of people think that you know being rich is just making enough money and then just never working another day of your life. But I think to me, rich means having enough money for financial security and then after that go doing the things that you know you are willing to suffer for in that sense. So physically, nothing much has changed. But、mm. mentally. 
actually, uh, it's a very, it's like, what's the metaphor for it? It's like sleeping on a freaking fat pillow. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like mm-hmm, really, like mm-hmm. even let's say, I think now there's a lot of drawdowns happening. There's a lot of craziness in the markets. I know a lot of people are getting margin called either due to leverage or over margin or options, selling put mm-hmm. options, what have you. And thankfully, of course, we don't take on much margin ourselves. And just knowing that in this period of time, anything can happen and you're still able to just go through life without sacrificing any quality or reducing the quality of your expenses or mm. life. I think that's a very nice feeling to have. So I think the word it's a inner peace mm. <laughs> if, if that if that makes sense. Oh, you guys yeah. damn zen. Uh, yeah. Suffering la, inner peace. <laughs> la, all big Buddhist ideas. Yeah, uh. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but you know, you also had the sell down of the Peloton, right? So yeah, Peloton yeah. position. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> important uh, for you guys listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Max sold his Peloton position, lost some yeah. money, check yeah. out TFC stock geek out for the full yeah. geek out. Which that. was interesting after we did that session, uh, the uh. stock sold down another half. Oh, another half. So yeah, we yeah, kind yeah, of uh, yeah. did it right. We did it right. Good time, good time. Yeah, but I think the extended discussion is, is this then a worthy pursuit you know if 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 something if you know if being a millionaire is like you right and then you know do pretty much um, the same thing or, yeah. or even what you guys say like there's the financial comfort right the, the sense of safety is it then a, a worthy pursuit because it is not a cost-free pursuit right mm. you are sacrificing certain things yeah right so would you think it's a worthy pursuit and what have you sacrificed to get to this position Actually, um, I, maybe I just share like what some of my readers have recently reached out to me. Like, um, there's quite a few readers, you know, um, they recently lost their jobs, and I, I guess this is really where um, wealth comes into play, right? It is not so much that we want to change our lifestyle and upgrade um, lifestyle inflation, but you know, when when there's wealth, there's options, options for you to do what you love, options to do what you like, and you know, in situations like this, whereby things unfortunate things can happen, you know, and when they when they spoke about how much agony they are going through and all that, you know, my heart really goes out to them. Um, and which is why it's important to have a safety net. It's very important to have mm-hmm. a safety net so that you know you're, you can continue living uh, the kind of life you want to you live, um, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, when when we talk about the sacrifice, right? I actually, to be honest, I didn't felt like there was a lot of sacrifice because uh, I'm naturally a low sass person. So mm-hmm. you know, make money, save money, invest. Yeah, they it, always show me hawker center. Right? Yeah, it's and always hawker it, center. It. It's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah mm-hmm. it's, I'm a foodie, so yeah. I know like all where all the good hawker food. Ah, right. Yeah. yeah. Show me all the way to Marceline. Wa yeah. beta han. Yes. Japanese, by the way, guys. Yes, yes. Continue. But but yeah, I I think a lot of people is wondering like, what's the secret to get rich and so on and so forth. But it's always like the simple mantra, right? You make money, you save money, you invest it, and then you mm. you do it long enough, it just happens. Mm. Uh, yeah. So to me, there there wasn't a lot of sacrifice, um, per se. Um, and you know when that independence come it, it was just you know very liberating to be able to do what I want to do instead of you know having to you know work just for that paycheck mm. how does that feel the liberation that change I, I think for Max he's a bit luckier because he's, he managed to find his calling quite early on which yeah. is public speaking yeah. um, for me right because I come from a background whereby both my parents weren't working so I, I had to do a lot of things which mm, I, I didn't optimize for you know um the kind of life I want. So like, you know, I take on bonded scholarship, I work for the government, etc. Even though when I sign a bond, now I can say because I'm not in the workforce. <laughs> Pay finish already. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. Not, no longer in the workforce, yeah, yeah. right? It's like the, the day I signed, I knew, I, I knew like that the job wasn't for me because my heart was really with investing. Oh, yeah, okay. but because they gave a constant allowance um, and back then I was all about, you know, trying to protect my portfolio, right? I remember at around 23 or 24, 
no, I signed it at around 22 years old. Yeah, when I signed at 22, I think my portfolio was like 25 to $30,000. And, and, and you know, in my mind, I was like, I just want to faster get it to a million. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I didn't want to touch that portfolio for my... Why are you looking at me like that? Because like, I just want to you know, backtrack to the questions. Like, so uh, where are we now? Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, let, let me, uh, yeah, yeah, I continue, I continue. Uh, yeah, so, so I didn't want to touch my portfolio. Right? I, I could have used that for school fees and all that whatnot. But you know, I, I just wanted to, to grow that portfolio as soon as, as fast as I can. Yeah, so, so that was just why I took on that scholarship. But you know, the moment I start work, I, I felt like you know, maybe, maybe some decisions should have been revisited, etc. Um, but... Ultimately, uh, that, that was really the price, right? The independence to finally uh, earn that privilege to do what I want. Mm. Yeah, so, so that was it for me. That, that's the price for me. Mm. Yeah. Max, you want to yeah, share you know, your price? I just want to say something regarding what he mentioned. So, you know, the first time I kind of met him, right? Um, I thought I was probably like the hardest worker in the room who had life tough and everything because uh, I have a nine to five job that's in the public speaking space. So a lot of seminars we do is on weekends. So I have very little free time. So how I really mastered investing was with the little bits of other free time left, just read as much as I can. I'm really very obsessed with me. I did pay some prices, which I'll share later. So I thought I was damn hardworking until I met him and I heard his backstory about I mean, um, his background and all that. I think, well, I felt like, wow, I, I cannot compare to that. So, um, yeah, it's really very inspiring, right, Thomas? Um, for me, I think Thomas nailed it. I come from a bit more privileged background, as in middle, still middle-income family, but privileged in a sense where I was very, very lucky to find my passion, calling, what, what I have you at a very young age. So I've always loved just inspiring people from stage. Uh, to be upfront, I'm actually an introvert, so I also don't know how that works. So I'm in my free time, I prefer to be alone, but I just love the idea of having your stories, your life examples, or certain words and meanings that you say really just plant a seed or just change someone's perspective. So that's why I think I found that calling at a very young age and I pursued that path even in my 9 to 5 career. That's what I did mainly as a full-time job. And I think for myself, Sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> Sorry. The cost. Yeah. What is the okay, cost the cost. Yeah. Yes. Um, there is a cost. So I know Thomas mentioned he's, he felt that his, he didn't really have, uh, pay a cost because he would he really enjoyed it. I think for me, I also enjoyed it, but um, there were certain sacrifices I made, which I think to today I'm still trying to reconcile. So to kind of share up front, um, when since I was young, I was very close to my to my grandma. My grandma is someone that uh, brought me up. Uh, so I come from the typical latchkey Singaporean family where both parents are working. So they drop you off at the grandma's place. So I, I grew up with my grandma since I was young. I could speak Hokkien really, really well. Because if she we can start a Hokkien show, huh? Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, so anyway, uh, what happens is, um, I, and I always told my grandma, you know what, I'm going to, I don't know why this has been in me since young. It's a very competitive streak, right? Like, uh, you know, I'm going to be rich one day and be very successful. I want to make you happy happy and make you proud and that's really the goal uh, but of course I think along the way you get consumed by this need to be quote unquote successful whatever success means to normal society standards and I recall there was this one afternoon I went to visit her on a weekday afternoon because that's my normal off days because weekends I normally speak for seminars and it was we were having lunch right? and she was trying to speak to me during lunch uh, back then she was like 90 plus really uh, trying to speak to me during lunch and then uh, she was eating lunch I was I already ate mine so I was using my laptop to research some stocks <laughs> because that was my obsession uh, in my free time right and then she was trying to talk to me but I just kept like just brushing aside and just like using my laptop and then after a while I think she could sense that you know I wasn't that interested 
And my grandma is a very, very considerate person. She would put everyone else above above herself. So I think she could sense that she doesn't want to disturb me. I was very into it. So she said, you know, uh, you know, Max, uh, grandma has eaten, finished already. I think I'm going to go to the room and rest. I'll get the maid to just push me in because she's in a wheelchair. Uh, it's okay. You can just use your laptop. It's fine. So she said in a very, very tsiang, very, very loving way. And I thought, okay, cool. No one's here to, I don't need to entertain that. Like I'll get kind of distracted. So the maid pushed out. And then after the maid pushed out, as I saw her, 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 her back just leaving the, the kitchen, I was like, oh crap, I feel like so terrible. Like, I'm trying to, here's my grandma who really brought me up and here I am trying to research stocks when really I don't know how much more time I, I could have left with her. Long story short, um, I told myself, okay, Max, the next time I come and visit her, I will not bring my freaking laptop. I will at least force myself to speak to her for an hour, at least just say anything and at least just be present. And so really I came to that to that idea. Lah. And But funny enough, about uh, two weeks later, yeah, she passed away. So that was really the last time that I, I saw her. And the funny thing was the very day I crossed my first seven figures in my interactive brokers account, I look at that that thing. Um, I don't really tell people this, but it was a very empty feeling. Um, deep down, I knew that I was probably like, oh, I felt like the the the, the, the lousiest person on earth because that, that money is there, but I could no longer, first of all, celebrate my grandma who I said I wanted to do this with. And secondly, I was researching stocks when that was the last moment I could have spent it. I mean, I didn't know that was the last moment back then, right? Life is unpredictable. And that's when I realized, actually, you know, um, along this way of uh, chase for wealth or what have you, hey, life is not all, or whoever created that you believe in doesn't tell you, hey, you know what? Go and achieve your goals. After you achieve, then I take your grandma away from you, okay? Like, like they're going to hit you before it happens. So is there, was there a cost to pay? Yeah, it happened. Was there a price to pay? Definitely. Mm. Um, do I regret it? I don't know how to answer that question because achieving certain financial freedom did give me a lot of peace of mind. But I, I did pay a price in terms of the time I sacrificed uh, to go master certain things that, that was important to me. So yeah, I don't know whether this answers the question fully or whether it reconsults anything for the for the users, whether they should or the listeners, whether they should go achieve wealth. But there are certain prices to pay. Yeah, fair, fair. And yeah. Do, do you feel like at this position when you guys are looking at things, right? It's like you really climb the mountain, then you tell the people don't climb the mountain. Yeah. Or you know, you tell the people like, oh, you know, the mountain got a lot of problems if you, <laughs> if you choose to climb this mountain, yeah. right? Like, how do you reconcile this this view? So for me, I that's why I came to the realization. I realized that, hey, you know what? Um, at least maybe you could say this is just me trying to reconcile within because we are all having our own internal struggles. I, was, I realized that, okay, this happened when I was 29 because I achieved that when I was 29 and I realized that, okay, it was my grandma that I didn't get to spend time with. But hey, like with this level of certain financial security I have, I can still spend it with the people that I still have in my life, whether it's my mom, my, my dad, my parents, or my friends and family. So I realized that, yes, while there was a cost to pay, financial freedom, buying someone the time and freedom to go do what they want to do with the people that they love for as long as they love, is still a very meaningful pursuit. So, and I think the thing that hit me the strongest was, like I mentioned just now, life doesn't wait for you to get everything in order. Which is why I really believe as much as you can, go learn the skill set that's needed. The key is the skill set to go grow your money because we all know how to make money. It's just trading your time for money for a salary or for in, in business. But if you can have the skill set to go grow your money and the earlier you can achieve that, I'm not saying because I know we have the privilege of being young. Maybe some people watching this in their 40s, in their 50s. But as soon as you can hit a certain level of wealth, that's okay for you. And it may not be a million bucks. It may not be 10 million bucks. It could be 
for some people, maybe just a few hundred grand, what have you, that level of security or comfort, that peace of mind can then buy you the ability to go spend it, whether it's your kids, your daughter, your son or someone or, or a charity that you want to pursue any cause. I think that is still something very meaningful. So even though I have that regrets for my grandma, I hope that um, I still realize that time is something that a lot of people, we can never buy more of. And I hope financial freedom um, through investing skill sets can help people achieve that. Any thoughts? I, I, I think for a lot of people, there are ultimately two ways to be financially independent, right? One is to become an entrepreneur. And number two is very hard one, I just very saying, tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it's not for everyone, right? I mean, even for me, I, I don't really see myself as an entrepreneur. And the other way is to really just to invest, right? Because investing, you're ultimately putting your money with um, other entrepreneurs. And this is where the skill set come in, whereby you must learn how to choose the right horse to put your money in. And you know, a lot of re- this kind of re- remarkable entrepreneurs, right? Once you put your money there, you know, they are the one actually working for you. But as an investor, there are two things we need to take note. One uh, is to, we must learn how to read the financial statements, how to size up the management, etc. And number two, which is even more important, is our own mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, we always say Amazon, you know, rose maybe 4,000 times. From, from maybe two decades ago until today. But you look at the amount of 90%, 80%, 50% drawdown, so many. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And how many people really have what it takes to hold it through, right? And, and so um, the mindset sometimes is even more important than the skill set needed to find the stock. One, you need to find the stock. Two, you need to have the stomach. Um, to hold it through. And, and so, like, I, I really resonate with what Max said earlier. At the start of our life, we'll be spending, we'll be exchanging our time for money, right? But ultimately, um, we don't want to do that to an extent whereby, you know, some experiences in life, once it passes us, it doesn't return. You know, and I see investing as one sort of tool whereby it can help accelerate the process. Um, while not exchanging further time because entrepreneur, you know, you have your bills to pay expenses. You know, I'm sure you can relate, right? I know, like I know. Count. I'm vibing here, guys. Yes. Um, you know, like you, you have that things, uh, you know, that, that, that is sucking up your time, your energy. You know, you want to make sure everybody paycheck is rolled on time, etc. Um, but investing, you know, we don't really have that problem because ultimately it's the jockey we bet on, um, we invested in who, who's doing the work to us. And, you know, and that helps accelerate the process from using time to exchange for money to, you know, we change it to using money to try and buy back time, to spend it together with our loved ones. Mm-hmm. And that is the mindset side of things, right? Pretty mm-hmm. much. And you guys have already came on the show multiple times to talk about how you invest. I'm not going to ask you the same thing, right? But <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if you guys want to hear, just listen to the other episodes, search the name, TFC Stock Kickout, there are tons of those things. But I think um, how you name your program, right? Which is like, I mean, I kind of sense it. Lah. A lot of uh, suffering, lah, Buddhism ideas here, lah, oh, peace, lah, acceptance, lah, a lot of these things. Lah. So I kind of know why you guys call your program Zen Investing, you know, but What's so zen about the market today? It's it's yeah. it's crazy. Like, what are your takes? Yeah. So 
Um, actually, the market right now, as we're speaking now, is uh, March, right? March 2022. Um, it's, yeah, it's far from Zen. It's super <laughs> volatile. And I think yeah. the S&P is uh, down how many percent? 10%? Year to the, I forgot the actual amount. Um, so, but anyway, I think for us, the belief is that Real investing, or okay, maybe not real, because we're gonna get like like you're gonna get hit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think <clears throat> investing in our perspective, it's supposed to be zen, right? In the sense where, because if you, I like to use the metaphor where if today, um, investing to me is like own a business, which I'm sure Reggie you can relate. If you own a business and you see yourself as a business owner first and foremost, you don't wake up every day going online to some auction website. Let's say today, Financial Coconut, you own the business, right, Reggie? You don't go online every morning, log into some financial, uh, some auction website, auction Financial Coconut on, online, see how many people bid for it, whether the price they want to pay is high or low. And then in the evening, 6 p.m., go and see, oh, actually today people want to bid higher than that, than what my business is worth. And then you feel very happy. The next day, you feel sad. Then, but then actually, you have no intention to sell. You just want to see how much people will bid for it. I only want to sell yeah. NFT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seller's market, right? So. Nice. Nice. That's quite funny. So... Dude, we can have that long um, yeah. discussion another time. Okay. So yeah, so, so you don't do that. Then mm. to me, what's, wh- why do you do that with your stocks? What's the difference? Mm. Like why are you so, what, what's the word for it? You ev- like super like in like every day you check your stock price multiple times. There's no difference between that and a business, right? So to us or to me, um, I think being an investor is first and foremost being a business owner. And as, as a business owner, if you know the value of your business, which is true valuations, you know the business model and the competitive advantage, you will stay pretty calm slash zen and so I think that's how it comes about so the market can do WTF it wants to do right but deep down if you know the value of a business you're not going to sell you're not going to be worried about the stock price every single minute every single second so I think to us that's where the zen comes about so to answer your question the market right now it's not zen but you can be a zen investor slash business owner if you know the business you own and the value that it's worth yeah, mm. but to be very fair, there are also some market participants, right? Yeah. People with all sorts of strategy, all sorts of yeah. ideas, yeah. robots, and and what have you in in the game, right? So this mm. is just one way of doing yeah for doing sure things, right? For sure. So, so that that is, yeah. I just want to put that out. Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So why why this way? Why Zen? I I think like um I think you hit the right point, right? There's multiple ways to play this. Every time you know we buy a company, someone there's always someone on the other side who's selling to us, right? And both of us could be doing the right things, right? Mm. It could be right for both of us. It depends on really what type of game we are playing. And, and so for us, we choose to be long-term investor, right? Um, we really see ourselves as business owners. So while in the short run, I have no idea where the stock market will be going. But, you know, I, I, the business fundamental, the operating metrics, as I track them, if they are doing fine, then that is fine with me. I, I think it is a common pitfall for a lot of investors to associate the movement of the stock price with the fundamental of the business. Um, but as investors, we always need to recognize that they could be disjointed, you know, at least in the short run. Um, so the Zen part really comes when, you know, as a business owner, I know that this business will be bigger 10 years from today. And that is fine with me. And to be honest, I think this year, I, I think I only lock in my stock brokerage account three or four times. And each time I go in, it's really just to buy and that's it. And then I'll exit, go to sleep. Yeah. So this is really where the Zen part come in. I, I'm not so um, affected, or actually I would say I'm almost totally not affected by the movement of stock price. Because to me, if the business is doing fine, I'm confident 10 years from today, it will be generating more cash. It will become bigger. You know, it will still be better than the competitors. Then that is fine with me. Mm, but what changed? You know, in the sense that people don't usually start like that. 
You know, when you first start, there's a lot of trail, a lot of excitement. Dude, you sign a bond, yeah. right, to protect your portfolio. <laughs> so, so at, <laughs> at what point did it did it shift? I think that's the the question a lot of people, you know, want to want to know so that you know how to how do I move into that realm. I think I spent about five years trying to figure out what type of investor I was. Like I mentioned, I started around 17, 18, and there wasn't really anyone to teach me um, mm. at that time, right? So to me, like it was just going to the library and reading every single thing I could find. You know, started out from looking at charts and then looking at prices every day. You know, I would go to the Bloomberg Terminal in my school, trying to draw that, this and that. But ultimately, um, it was really until, um, which is similar for a lot of investors, you know, you read Warren Buffett letters, it just makes so much logical sense to you. The way you should be looking at a business, you should be fo- focusing, um, you know, competitive advantage, how much cash they are bringing. And, you know, it really fits the kind of lifestyle um, I want to have uh, going forward. Because ultimately, to me, investing is a tool for me to become free. You know, I don't want to, to always be looking at the prices, etc. You know, it could work, right? For technical analysis, I don't do it, but, you know, it could. Um, but for me, if I want to be independent, the kind of lifestyle I want to have, you know, not be shackled to the stock market, then being a business owner just made so much sense. So it's really, um, since that aha moment, once I discovered the Buffett letters, you know, then from then on, that was just the mindset I adopted all the way. Mm, so Buffett was the one, Buffett letters. Right. Okay, yeah. And he published a lot like, every year, many, many letters. I, many so, letters. It stretched yeah. all the way back to, I think, 1950-something, his partnership Even days. his partnership days, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so okay, cool. We we should we should read some. Uh, we'll, we'll do some content around <laughs> around those things. Nice. Um, but to be you know very open out there, there are many 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 programs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. we're friends with many of them, right? Yes. It's like you trying to make us not have sponsor from the banks. We want a new provider. Right. So no, no. But I think yeah. the the leading question is like, uh, why 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 you guys? Like, what's so special? So like, as in, what makes us different? Yeah, per like, se. like as our listeners, why, why, why should I use you? Got it. Mm. Actually, I can share a funny story, right? And that is, uh, okay, I think to answer the question more straightforward first. Um, and the answer is, um, we don't know, <laughs> right? We don't know what makes us different. But I'll share the 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 back story, and that is like, um, between Thomas and I, when we first started this, we did ask ourselves, you know, like, hey, Thomas, or I asked him, we we're gonna start something. There is so many amazing investors in the market, not just Singapore. I think Singapore, there are a lot of amazing investors. Some of them even mentored me. Uh, but even US itself, hey, it's a whole different ball game. There are so many smarter, better, faster investors. What is gonna be our positioning, or what makes us different? And then we just, after some discussions, ping pong here and there, we just realized, came to this aha moment that, hey, you know what? Like, back to first principles, let's not try and be different for the sake of being different. Let's not try and position for the sake of positioning. If we really want to ask ourselves, what does the beginner investor, which is our market, what does the beginner investor need? It's one thing. It's the skill set needed to know how to analyze a company so that you know whether this is a strong company to buy or not to buy. And then what is the real value of a business? And realize that, okay, I don't know whether this makes us different, but the ability to know that. And so we decided to create a program in such a way that it's a, it's a live course where we teach them the skills and they do it along with us in the class. And then after class, there's some 20, 30 minute homework in Singaporean style. Uh, there's always going to be homework. So they actually execute this so that at least it builds it into their muscle memory and they know and they can build the independent skill set to go analyze a business or for most businesses that they come across, whether it's a loss-making company or a profitable compound or what have you, they know how to analyze the strengths, the weaknesses, 
expenses and more importantly, they know how to value it to find the range of intrinsic values, which is normally a range, so that in a period of drawdowns or in a period of bull runs, they know whether they should buy, they should hold, or whether they should just stay on the sidelines and wait for a better opportunity to buy at a fair price. So I don't know whether this answers the question specifically as to what makes us different, but that's what we were trying to go for to build the skill set independent in the, in, in the beginner investor. Because that's how you can stay calm slash zen. Uh, because if you don't have the skill sets to analyze this properly, how are you going to decide in this moment where there's so much stresses in your head, where the price is bobbing up and down, that, oh, I need to buy, I need to sell. You're going to be taking decisions based off the price movements, right? You, you, because you have no inner compass. Mm. Yeah. So mm. I guess that's what makes us different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but we can yeah. all agree yeah. that acumen takes time, right? Like you can learn a format, mm. you can learn For sure. the frame, but acumen takes time. For you got to sure. pick up different sectors. You know, it's, it's, not a, it's not like, oh, I come for their program and then suddenly, oh, Correct. you know, I can, Correct. Exactly. I can be amazing. Exactly. So that's why at least we want to at least let them do it once so that they build like a rough muscle memory. And then of course the acumen takes time to go develop through repetition. Yes, yes. And they can continue to listen to TFC stock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. what about you? Yeah. What's so special? I, I think both of us are big fans of Atomic Habits, right? Yeah. Um, I thought you wanted to say you're a big fan of me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course we are. That's we're why we're always yeah. on the show. Yeah. 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 So, so, I mean, um, I, I guess the challenge for a lot of people is not that you need super high IQ in order to learn how to invest. Um, rather, it is more about developing that habit. So what we want to do is not just to give that basic um, knowledge, you know, and, you know, f- on top of that, teach them how to analyze, how to value a company's, um, how to position size. But really, the the whole intention of this program right, is to get them to be hands-on also, which is why the homework, which is why um, we will be showing them exactly how we analyze companies on the spot and also getting them to do it along with us um, because we want to break that inertia. And over these few sessions right, of live classes, um, we don't need to be pre-recorded because I think pre-recorded people just watch and forget. Um, live classes, then people will you know, really take out the annual report and, you know, and we can work it through with them. They can discuss with us, give us all their questions. And really, we want to start this momentum going because you need that feedback loop in order to become a better investor. And we want to start that feedback loop um, going. And what you say is entirely right. It's not like after um, this full course, um, you become a super investor. Uh, you have to go through that repetition. And our job here today is to you know, really help you kickstart that answer any questions you might have and, you know, and hopefully it builds a habit whereby you are able to do your own in-depth research because conviction is something that can never be bought. Um, throughout this drawdown, you know, I have, I've seen a lot of investors who invest based on stock tips, etc., become paper hands. Not because the companies they are holding is bad or something, but you know that that 50% drawdown, many people cannot tolerate because they didn't do their work in the first place. Mm. So ultimately, this is what we are trying to achieve for the participants. Mm. I love how paper hand is a thing now. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. you're the diamond hand, right? You're trying to ho, ho, ho. Okay, okay. But the, the big the big money out there today, right, is is propagating diversification, propagating index funds, you know, it's a, a lot of money going into that, right? So the big fund houses are doing that, right? Even all the robots are doing that, right? So, so, but you guys are ex- exactly taking the opposite direction, right? You pick from bottom, concentrated, yeah. very specific. Uh, what is your take? How do you, how do you comment on the big trend of diversification, la, index funds, yeah. la, broadly diversified, yes. Actually, I can share my take first because then you can share yours, right, Thomas? I actually believe there's a very important part to play for diversification or for ETFs, right? Or robo-advisors, what have you. And that's something Don't, don't that, say any more. Don't yeah. say any more. You already uh, mail banks. So like, <laughs> <laughs> we have to okay. sell costs ourselves. <laughs> 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 He's going to lose all his sponsors. 
just from one episode. <laughs> like, one episode, yeah. 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 But yes, continue, continue. Okay. Uh, and that is something I don't think many investors will agree with me. And it's actually, it runs counterintuitive to me creating this investing course. And that is, I believe first and foremost, not everyone's made up to pick individual stocks. I want to say this clearly, even though, yes, we are teaching you how to pick individual stocks, I believe first and foremost, not everyone's cut out to pick individual stocks. So what do I mean? If you're the kind of person who, number one, you really prefer to have someone else make the decisions for you because just even reading an annual report for like 30 to 45 minutes, just the important stuff, even zoning to that, it's too much for work for you. And number two, if you don't have the, you f- and this one, everyone will know themselves well enough. If you don't have the mental fortitude to go and withstand some pain and some drawdowns, then really picking individual stocks is going to be very miserable for you. So I just want to be clear, if that's someone that you are, whether it's our cause or someone else's cause, I think you will not find that magic bullet you're looking for. So I still think many investors, if they can't pick individual stocks, hey, diversification via ETFs or robo-advisors is a very powerful and useful thing because at least it will still beat the interest rates in <laughs> those institutions, right? So even having like a 8-9% per year per annum on the ETF or in the robo-advisors, what have you, you know, stash away, all these kinds of... Hey, that's a very useful thing for people who just don't want to put the money in the bank, right? But of course, those of, the, uh, those of you who indeed want to know how to pick individual stocks, then I think that's where we feel we can come in. So I think my perspective is I feel it's very important to still have ETS robot advisors around because some people just die die don't want to do it or just cannot do it yeah mm, okay fair thanks for saving the network yeah <laughs> <laughs> what about you As in, I, I fully agree with that point not everybody um, can be an investor or should be an investor right if you're not willing to put in the hours for example or volatility scares you then you know sometimes just automating into um, an index that, that would work best for most people um, but the people we are really speaking to is people who have um, a deep sense of curiosity as to how things work, right? Uh, and and the thing that really captured me and Max into the world of investing is just that we are curious about everything. And, you know, investing happened to be one of the tools whereby we get rewarded for being curious. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is really the people we are looking out for and people who are able to, you know, uh, remain zen throughout drawdown. You know, it really able to disassociate price movement and business fundamentals because I think this is so important um, if you want to become a successful investor. Great. I just want to say, say mm. something. You recall the conversation we were having just to elaborate on why I think not everyone can pick individual stocks. And he mentioned something about curiosity. So about a few weeks back, we were just having a chat and then with some other investors and we we're just asking, so what do you think it takes to be a good investor? And then Thomas, Thomas, you can elaborate because I know you said it. And then Thomas was like, well, every time I read about a company and I learn something new that I never knew, I get like a xiao high. And then we could all relate to it because it's so true when I read something whether it's like Airbnb or McDonald's or like oh actually Starbucks the real money is made because of all the all the cash that it takes from customers for the Starbucks card what have you so that it has a, a longer time frame to pay supplies whatever when you learn about these little things I'm like wow like, I feel so excited but I, I don't know where this feeling comes from so I realize this is the genuine part about why 
I got hooked into investing. I got bitten by the bug. And then, of course, the money as a side effect. Is it nice? Yes. But it comes more as a byproduct of this genuine sell high that you just want to keep having more of. So is it exactly a healthy thing? No, I think like it's we're still trying to find the inner satisfaction, what have you, right? Nobody's to say this is right or wrong. But uh, yeah, I think this is what it takes to be an individual investor. Yeah, yeah you must be excited by learning new things. I shouldn't feel like a, it's a chore to yeah. you. You know, yeah. like really, it's like a runner's high. Every time I read, yeah. every time I learn, you know, it's, it's it uses that, that dopamine just keep coming. Yeah, I can yeah. feel it. you set straight when, when he was saying that. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. Yeah. I get it, I get it. Yeah, so I think um, everybody wants to, like, if they listen to you here, they want to know like, how you're going to play the market now. Like, what are your thoughts, like given current situation? Yeah, for me, right, um, it's uh, it's really just dollar cost averaging. I, I have a full watch list of companies I, I want to buy. And, and so for myself, right, um, typically market crises, those drawdowns on average, they last about 15 months. The drawdown is about 25%. So for me, I, I usually don't exhaust my bullets so fast. I will trunch in my position. So like every week or two, I'll just go in, I'll just buy something whenever the drawdown is significant. So um, I like this saying from Warren Buffett a lot, right? If you are going to be a net saver or net consumer for multiple years to come, then you should be very excited when prices start going down because it just gives you a chance to buy things cheap, right? And I think a lot of investors, when the stock market is going up and up and up, they always say like, oh, this one dropped 50%, I confirm all in. But when it really dropped 50%, <laughs> then yes. they will be thinking, yes, oh, yes. Whoa, shit, there's a war, you know, inflation, interest yeah, rate, yeah, everything. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the thing. You pay a very expensive looking price for a rosy outlook. Or if you need everybody to have, you know, a very cheery consensus, you're going to pay a very heavy price. Mm-hmm. And that is not the way to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for myself, it's really, the work is done beforehand. I have a list of companies I like. And, you know, it's just buying in, in tranches. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. Yeah, I I think I'll tackle more from because he meant, he already mentioned things that I they will definitely not add on more because it's actually pretty great. I think I'll tackle more from a holistic point of view as to how we're gonna play the markets. Okay, number one, I wouldn't use the word play the markets, like mm-hmm. right, just to be mm-hmm. fair. And I think from a more holistic point, let's talk about personal finance point of view first. I think number one, before you even talk about um investing in the markets at this moment in time, because I think we're at a juncture where it can be quite scary to a lot of people. Um, your safety net in terms of, of the emergency fund should be there. Thomas is pretty conservative. He does two years. I have one and a half years, and I thought I was conservative till I met him. Like two years, what the heck? Okay, so two years safety funds that's important. Number two, make sure your your. I know I know this is not sponsored, but whatever insurance policies you're supposed to take out, whether it's accidents, whatever, make sure you have that in case anything mm-hmm. happens in this period. Because I think that's very crucial, right? And then number three, only with then this this big fat pillow and peace of mind, then you go invest in the market. So DCA dollar cost average, all these Thomas has covered. But I think I'll cover a bit more from the psychological view since I'm in marketing, <laughs> uh, and that is number one, right? Don't check the stock prices every day. Like why do you need to do that? Like I think Thomas mentioned he logs in like how many times? Three, three times three this year. No, but it's an eventual thing, right? Yeah. It didn't start like that, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. when I was first starting out, I checked every day. Yeah, no, maybe that's how it started for me also, right? Same, but eventually yeah. now it's like, people tell me, it's like, huh, really? Something happened? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. just too busy doing my things. <laughs> I have no time for it. Yeah. And, and so I always tell people this, which they, th- they think I'll be extreme, which I think it's extreme. So you may not need to adopt that, but um, I actually don't have the stock brokerage app on my phone. I delete it, yes. Yeah, same, same. I delete it. Same. Then people ask, how, how do you trade? I tell you, what do I do when I want to buy? I will re-download the app. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, because we re-download, they lost the data, you must go through the 2FA, everything. Yes, them, yes, yes. them high barrier, which I love it because it makes me rethink whether I really want to buy. Mm. And then after I buy it, 
I believe it, mm, <laughs> right? Same, so same. yeah, thank mm. you very much. So I think that is very important because it keeps you psychologically like at peace of mind because you think for a second, every time you see the stock price move, it will induce this thing called a call to action, the need to do something, whether it's to average down, average up, sell a put, whatever, because it's very cheap. So reduce the need for you to go make call to action so you can think properly that's number one. So don't check the stock prices too often. If you find yourself doing that, then delete the damn brokerage app. Mm. But people will say, Max, if I delete the app, how do I know whether the market is on discount? Mm. I tell you what, when the market is on discount, you will it. know. <laughs> your friends will talk about it. The, your yes. mom will tell you about it. Mm. Which really my mom asked, hey, Max, uh, hey, your stock's okay. You know, now the, uh, so you will hear about it from your parents or from your yes, aunties yes. so you don't have to worry about whether you will miss out on buying opportunities yes. and number two like Thomas mentioned just now right and that, that's so important because other than having this this peace of mind you want to make decisions before the stress hits so like you notice he has his own watch list and everything because you cannot possibly make decisions when your mind is or you can but it's not going to be optimal when your mind is stressed so make the decisions as to have a thesis that you write out which is just a few things we'll normally teach in our investing course like write out the thesis as to what will make you sell this investment what will make you whole so that when you are in stress you can go back to refer to that rather than at that point in time when you're stressed you've got nothing to prove to then you're like oh, what should I do now then you're going to be making certain decisions that may or may not be to the best uh, outcome even in the long run so yeah those are some tips as to how we would kind of uh, execute our, our buying movements in this period and I think yeah. Thomas covered the, the buying part yeah yeah, yeah. And, I, and I just want to tell all you listeners uh, I turn off all push notification on every single financial app same Right, because they will push you all sorts of stuff. I know they sponsor us, but yeah, they yeah. push you. It drives the dopamine, it, it, all those stuff, right? So yeah. all notifications are off. I go in with a clear mind of, I want to do something. Yeah. It's not they asking me to come in, mm. right? So all the notification, all turn it off, right? Yeah, but just make sure you subscribe to the Financial Coconut and just keep that on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that one important. Kai Xiao Ling Tang, right? Just uh, turn on the, the bell. Uh. Yeah. yeah, okay. So I think in closing, we've talked a lot, yeah. right? Um, what are any other things that you know our listeners should know in, in exploring your program? I mean, you already shared a lot. Right? Yeah. So in any last things in, in closing? Yeah, details will be in the description below. Right, You can just go to the description to um, link over and sign up for the program. Uh, mm. Thomas, you can go first. I, I think um, Max is very experienced in you know, running this program. So you know, in order to keep the audience, en- audience engaged, we have a very hard rule. They must turn on their camera. <laughs> and, <laughs> you must, and you yeah. must be willing to participate. Right? I, mm. I think um, what matters is really you must come with a mindset whereby you are ready to roll up your sleeve and get your hands dirty. Um, because ultimately, to become an investor, you cannot learn it by you know watching other people do it. You cannot learn it um, by reading books. Not not enough. It, those are very important. Watching other people do it, read books. But you also must do it yourself, and that is really how you become an investor. So the mindset you bring to class, um, bring your energy, set aside the time, you know, and really come ready to participate. Yeah. So that is really what we are looking for. Yeah, for me, uh, the class mechanics Thomas has covered, I, I think on the bigger picture, it's just to just, I think, end off with one thing. That is, I can really share genuinely, right? Like the skill set of knowing that I can analyze most companies, not all, but most companies that come across my, my plate. If I really want to dig deep to find out whether this is a good company and how is it valued, it's a very empowering skill set. The level of uh, empowerment, right? Like money can never buy this feeling. Just imagine today, like, because all of us, we work, we know how to save money and trade time for money and accumulate some base capital but this ability inside knowing that you can go analyze companies if you want to and then decide whether to buy or not to buy it's such a liberating feeling because you know deep down you have the ability 
to grow money. So make money, we all know, but you have the ability to grow money. And this is something that we hope to be able to teach uh, our participants, our students in, in this uh, Zen Investing Academy because we want to develop the skill set of knowing how to value and analyze companies. Because even if today you, you take away everything from me, let's say, touch wood, I get in some accidents, whatever, I, I can't move forever. As long as my mental faculties are in place, I can go freelance, whatever, do some work, some side gigs to make some money and then I can still grow that money. So I think that's what we're hoping to achieve from a bigger picture is to teach people the ability to grow their money through analyzing and valuing companies as a skill set. Yep, thank yeah. you. That's the game of the capitalist. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. if China take over, it will still be a capitalistic game. Uh. Hey, so this, nice. is, this is my hypothesis going forward. <laughs> so yes, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, I hope the listeners enjoyed. Thanks for spending time. Thank right. you, Reggie, for Thanks having us. Thank you. See you guys again. Yes, come you. on, come on, geek out more. Yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. bye guys. Thank you. I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community telegram group, follow us on our social, sign up for our weekly newsletter. We are doing a weekly newsletter rebooked. We are going to have a lot of information within the newsletter. Everything is in the description below. And if you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. Also, if you have any interesting thoughts you want to share or you know someone that we would like to hear from, reach out to us through Hello at thefinancialcoconut.com With that, have a great day ahead Stay tuned next week And always remember Personal finance can be chill, clear And sustainable for all Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter Cats and cat owners deserve better Than any old-fashioned litter That's why I teamed up with scientists And veterinarians to create Pretty Litter Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, I hope you had fun, you know, with me, Thomas, Max. I had a lot of fun. Great discussion. And if you want to sign up for Zen Investing, link is in the description. You know, if you sign up for the description, you support the podcast, you support them, you know. Like, and, and I think they have a lot of good juices. They have come on extensively on our show to share their ideas, share their perspective, which is why I never really go too much into that. If you want more, check out TFC Stock Geek Out. If you want to sign up for the program, go to the description below. There's a link. Click in. I hope you have a good time. I hope you learn a lot of good things, you know. And you know, you can always come to our Telegram group to talk a little bit more about what you learned and all the things that is discussed within the program. So a lot of that. And also, um, I just want to give an open call on this idea that oh, I'm going to change up some of the format of the show because we're getting feedback like, oh yeah, you know, you guys do a lot of investing these days. Huh? Uh, the, the newer people that are trying to join the network may struggle a little bit. So you will see some changes on the main TFC podcast. We will also be creating more YouTube native content. So for all that and more, like, like, share, subscribe, five-star rating, uh, tell your friends, share on socials, make us famous, right? Help us continue to propagate this network so that we can be your voice and be your trusted partner in this whole journey of personal finance. Ultimately, helping you live the life you love while managing your finances well. See ya!